Welcome to Red Hen Moves, and I'm your host, Jacqueline Zeladon. I'm so excited today. Well, you know, y'all, there's two reasons I'm excited. One, happy birthday to me. Hey. And this is episode one for Red Hen Moves. Yay. So I, I, I really hope you love today's show and you keep coming back for more to me, uh, Black women and girls who are stellar and an inspiration to me, and I hope they're an inspiration to you. So on to the show. But first, a word from our sponsor. The dictionary describes transition as a noun, as the process or period of changing, or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. As a verb, transition means to undergo or cause a period of, well, transition. When it comes to career transitions, we're talking about uh, a period of time where you as an individual are, are changing roles or seeking to change roles or change where your role is into something more. And that's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes it's even scary. You know, some people let fear hold them back. But uh, we're going to be talking uh, this episode and in uh, episode number two about you know, taking that step of faith and finding your landing. And I'm so pleased to share with you today's guest. Uh, Yes, welcome to Red Hen Moves. And today's guest is a dynamic communication leader with an extensive career in broadcast journalism, public relations, and community relations. She's an author, speaker, moderator, professionally trained voice actor, and the founder and principal of Vivian L. King Connections, LLC, where she provides personalized consulting to individuals looking to find their voice through the media and connect with the community through workshops and forums. So yes, you can tell that uh, this particular guest, she has worn a number of hats, number of roles, and you can also guess that her name is Vivian L. King. Welcome to <laughs> Red Hidden Moves, Vivian. Thank you. I'm, I'm not very original with the title <laughs> of my company, but hey, that's what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and uh, today's theme and uh, our theme for our next episode is transitions, you know, uh, going from one period in, in, in your life into another period. And in this case with careers, you know, from that process of taking that leap and going forward and landing on your feet. And, uh, you know, from your, your bio there, you've held a number of different roles. And we're going to talk about the, your thought process and what you're experiencing at the times when you've made these steps of faith. Uh, but, but first, Vivian, I want to go way back. How okay. did you, as a young lady in University City, Missouri, decide <laughs> to become a journalist? It's interesting. So University City is a suburb of St. Louis. Yep. And um, my father is, uh, was, I should say, may he rest in peace, he was an educator. My mother was a medical uh, transcriptionist. And I, I grew up in a home where I was always encouraged to do a lot of things, um, to do the things that, that, that I, you know, I like to do. So um, my dad being an educator, you know, he would say, 
yes, you you need um, just two years of English to graduate, but you speak English, so you should need to take four years so that you master English. And so he was always saying, you need to prepare a, a good foundation, and that will make sure you have choices. Those That firm foundation, if you have as much as you can when you graduate, then you will be able to choose whatever direction you want to go. So I was in high school, and um, I was in advanced classes, and um, I went to the University of Missouri my sophomore year in high school for this summer program on engineering because everybody in my advanced math and advanced science mm-hmm. classes were, were all going to be engineers. And I wanted to be a civil engineer and build bridges. And so I went to the University of Missouri, the two-week program, stayed on campus, went to the engineering school, and, you know, had a great time. Came back, um, continuing my studies. Fast forward to... Um, Oh, I guess it was, I guess it was senior year again, a senior year, I should say. And we had an opportunity to take a field trip, a day field trip to the University of Missouri, Columbia, which Mm -hmm. was two hours from St. Louis. And because I had, you know, good grades and, and I ended up on this list of eligibility, I was able to go. So because I had already seen the engineering school inside and out, I just said I should see something else. And it's <laughs> interesting because I went to this this auditorium where, you know, the introductory um, session and they had several students on the stage and one is, is my good friend to this day and one of our sorority sisters were both, of course, in Delta Sigma Theta and she was talking about the journalism school. Oh. And I thought, oh, I like to write and, you know, I like to tell stories because at that time I really did. So I said, let me go see about this journalism school. So I go to the journalism school and I was fascinated by everything that it had to offer. Okay. And I came back to St. Louis telling my parents about this trip. And they said, well, let's see if we can explore some other opportunities. My dad being being an educator, he was a high school principal at the time. He knew about this program that the Greater St. Louis Association of Black Journalists put together in the spring. And it was a seven consecutive Saturday. It was the Urban Journalism Workshop. And it was a seven consecutive Saturday that you would go and learn about journalism and, and practice journalism. And so I went to that. And I was just hooked. And so I had applied for the University of Missouri. I had also applied to Howard University because they have a good journalism school as well. Mm-hmm. I, or I tried to. I, you know, sent, sent, um, tried to write a letter to get an application because we didn't have an application to Howard in our library at high, in, in my high school. And I never heard back from them, but then heard, of course, that the University of Missouri was one of the top journalism schools. I hadn't even thought about journalism until that senior year. And so I applied for, um, I had applied for the University of Missouri, and um, they also had a summer program 
And I went to that before I actually went into school at University of Missouri. It, again, was a two-week program, and we just did everything. We we wrote stories. We investigated. We, we did this whole expose on education, mm. and that took us on a field trip to Kansas City. And, and I was voted to be the anchor of our journalism project, of our broadcast project. Uh-huh. And... And I was hooked. And so I entered the, the University of Missouri and said, I'm going to be a journalist. And at the University of Missouri at the time, I think it's still the same. You don't enter the journalism school until your junior year. So you really have to apply because there are only so many slots. Mm. And so you have to apply. And so all of the people who have the grades, um, you have to have a 3.0, then you are automatically in. And then anybody, if there are spaces after that, then you can petition. So I, I was glad that I did not have to petition. So I automatically got into the journalism school um, my junior year. And, and the rest is history. And I loved it. Okay. And that's how I got into journalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I know that, uh, you know, b- before you came to Milwaukee, you were in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, Tyler, Texas, mm-hmm. Battle Creek, Michigan, and then you made the transition to Milwaukee, which you know you didn't you didn't think you was going to be here for too long. Now, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny because I got to Milwaukee in January of '95. I signed a three-year contract with WTMJ TV, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to do my three years here and move on up." as a lot of journalists do. Um, we're we're kind of stair-stepping. And, you know, right. my first job, of course, was in Alexandria, Louisiana. And um, and I, you know, didn't want to be there too long. But, but it's interesting because kind of I feel like, I'm, I'm looking back, I feel like, you know, God puts you in places for as long as you need to be. And then he moves you along. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I got to Milwaukee. You know, to me, it was, of course, a larger market from Alexandria and, you know, Tyler, Texas and Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, So I said, if I could live in those other three places, very itty bitty small places, then I could certainly live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, But, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to be here for three years and maybe move to D.C. was where I really wanted to go. Um, I would have gone to Chicago as well. And St. Louis was fine, too. But I really, you know, had my sights on D.C. Okay. And um, but I was an education reporter um, and I, I did that for a little bit. And then uh, it, it's interesting because at the end of the three years or, or close to um about that, the end of the three years, that was a time when the journalism industry was going through a lot. There were a lot of layoffs from the network. Yes, um, I, I want to say it was a, it was it was a sort of a, a recession, kind of. A, a, it, it was a recession, and so you had a lot of layoffs, and um, so those people being let go at the network level were coming down, you know, and coming into you know nice size markets, but, you know, they had network experience. And then you had us kind of coming up. We had our smaller market experience and trying to push through to the next level. And you were really 
it was you were happy to have a job at that time. So I signed another contract and said, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure this out later. Um, so here I was with another contract, and um, I wanted to do some fill-in anchoring as well, and so I did that. And so towards the end of that second contract, I was filling in on our morning show, and that was a lot of fun. And I was, I was doing it every day, not really thinking about the fact that my, my contract was coming to an end, um, and I needed to probably negotiate. I was just having fun doing the the morning show with, with Mike Miller. Um, and then I get the call from my news director. Actually, he had me coming to his office. Um, because they were looking for somebody, you know, to to do to be the permanent anchor, and I was really thinking, hey, we've maintained our numbers, and Mike and I have a really good rapport, and so surely they are going to hire me for this position, and they ended up hiring Amy Taylor, mm, and okay. so I was really disappointed, of course, and and the news came right before Christmas, if you can believe that. Oh, <laughs> So I um, I went home, you know, it, it, that turned out to be kind of a blessing in disguise because I was able to, you know, go home to my family who loved me and, you know, you know, could give me the hugs and, you know, the, the, the that a girl, right. you know, that I needed. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, my my father and my mother, you know, they always taught me, you know, to, to be kind um, and to, to, to take the high road. And so sure, I could have been mad at Amy Taylor, but she was just another person, another person trying to get a job, just like I was trying to get a job. She didn't know, you know, the, the sweat equity that I had into it. And, and she didn't know me from Adam. So, um, I was, we, we became really good friends and, um, and we had a great time, and I've still reported on the morning show sometimes. I remember that. And, um, and then I guess maybe a couple years had passed, and we were about to come to the end of that next contract, and my general manager, who um, had ever been my original news director, asked me to come into his office and he said, I was really impressed with how you handled yourself um, after you didn't get the morning show. And I said, just what I told you that, well, you know, <laughs> Amy didn't know me and, you know, she was just another person trying to get a job as well. And yeah. he said, well, that was very mature of you. And uh, now we have another anchoring spot and we want you to do that. And so then I was promoted to midday anchor. And so that mm-hmm. was really, really cool. I very remember. Cool. I remember because I think that was when <laughs> I first, well, I had seen you on TV, but that, I think that's when I first met you on when you were anchoring the midday show because I was uh-huh. a, one of your guests and I was talking about the here in Milwaukee, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Back to School Festival. Yes, you sure were. Absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I spent really good times at, at at Channel Four, definitely. Yes, you know, and 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 we were talking about red hens, um, being able to stand on your own and you know, you know improve your worth and value. You know, that's definitely what you know to me. Your story speaks to because um, you know, oftentimes we see. Um, you know, our, our, I want to, yeah, I'll say heroes, our heroes on TV. <laughs> and, and we, we think that, yeah, well, they, they're doing, they're, you know, we're so proud of them. They're doing so well, but we don't know the battles that they encounter and in trying to deliver the news um, and, and have some influence in the, in the newsroom. So kudos to you. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Yes. And next I want to talk to you about uh, another transition that you had made. You went from award-winning journalist to corporate communications, uh, corporate communications leader and a philanthropist. Yeah. I say philanthropist, <laughs> philanthropist <laughs> advisor because it, it wasn't coming out of your pocket, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I was giving away other people's money. <laughs> right, right. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a good thing to be able to give away other people's money. It, uh, exactly. Yeah. And maybe even even really cool, you know, if you was able to give away, uh, you, you know, your own dollars if you had uh, pockets like your your previous employer. Uh, how did your career in journalism prepare you for corporate life and philanthropy life? Well, I think that when you're in journalism, you are talking to people, you're writing, you're on deadlines, um, daily deadlines, and everything is so fast-paced. And when you really think about it, you have a lot of transferable skills. So my transition to corporate America was very unlikely. It's not even something I thought. It mm. was something that came to me. Okay. And I used to be in a walking group uh, with um, some older women. And uh, I was like, probably, I was actually the youngest one in the group. But, <laughs> you know, I like to learn from, from people. I yes. like to learn from people who have been in places that, uh, you know, that, that, that I haven't been yet. And uh, one of them said, Thelma Sias, in fact, said, Roundies is looking for someone to do um, public relations for them and communications. And they needed some recommendations. And I knew that people in journalism and in your position sometimes leave and do corporate communications. Mm -hmm. And so I recommended you. And I said, oh, thanks, Thelma, right? And I said, that was so sweet of you. I said, but you know, I I, I actually at that time had just um, launched the weekend morning show for Channel 4. And so it was really kind of like my own little talk show. That's how I kind of looked at it because it was uh -huh. just me and my producer. And we could really, we could really do whatever we wanted. And so it was exciting because we shaped the show and, and 
you know, on a Saturday, you don't have the entire newsroom behind you like you do during the week. Yes. And so we were just, we, we were able to do what we wanted to do and we had a great time. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling her, I just got this position and, and I'm having fun. And she says, oh, okay, well, I, I still recommended you. And I told them that if they talk to you, they should make you a VP. And I thought, oh, you need to be my agent and just kind of laughed it off. <laughs> well, three weeks later, I get this phone call from this consultant who said she was a consultant for Roundies and that the CEO wanted to meet with me. And I said, oh, okay. And then I thought, well, I, I went ahead and took the meeting. And then I called a good friend of mine at the time who was um, in ex- worked for an executive search firm. And I said, the CEO wants to talk to me. What do I do? What do I say to him, right? Uh-huh. Because this guy was my, 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 corporate, my corporate person, right? And he says, okay, look at your resume and write. And I, I use this. I tell this to everybody I speak to now. Okay. He says, look at your resume and, and then write a one-page story about Vivian King. And, and, and write it like you would write your normal story, you know, how things intersect and, and connect. And then read that story over and over again, multiple times. You're not going to memorize it, but the things in the story will become top of mind and will be more conversational for you when you talk to people. Ah. And so I said, okay. So I said, I can do that. I write stories every day, right? So I wrote my little Vivian King story, talked about, you know, how, you know, previous um, jobs led to others and, and what I learned from each and why they each, you know, intersected nicely. And so I read that over and over and, and went to talk to Bob Mariano. And it was funny because um, he asked me to tell him about myself. And so, you know, I told him, you know, that I was a journalist. I, you know, had just gotten this uh, morning show, was having fun, um, you know, because, you know, for various reasons. And then the look in his eye, you know, when you're an interviewer, you can look at somebody to see are they interested or not, right? right? And all of a sudden, I was thinking, you know, his eyes looked like, okay, so why are you here? And so <laughs> I noticed that and I said, so you're probably wondering why I'm here. And I said, it's because I am a faithful person and I believe that that God gives you different opportunities and you never know from where your next opportunity will come. And it's up to you to find out about it and to learn about it. And I wanted to learn what you needed and to see if it's something that I could offer. So then he says, okay, well, this is what I need. And he tells me about the job. And he said to me something that no other manager had told me before. He said, I hire people to do a job. So if you need your hand held, then this won't be a good fit. But if you can work on your own and can lead, then this is a good fit. Now that's what I'm talking about. I'm not a micromanager, right? (laughs) Right. No no other manager to that point had told me that, right? Right. in, in broadcast, it's like the, the, the news directors are telling you, the, the producers are saying, this is what we need, and, you know, did you get this? And, you know, they're always like, what have you done for me lately? 
and you know, well, this doesn't fit my my show. You know, whatever the case, right? right. And so I said, this is interesting. And so we had a lovely conversation, and he asked me, you know, said, I'll give you some time to think about it. You know, call us back if you want to go to the next step. So um, I, I I called him back the next day, and I said, you know, I, I do want to learn more. And and the rest is history. It's interesting because the, the HR person at that time, um, it, it, I interviewed with her, and, and she said um, that in life, it's ancient proverb, leap and the net will catch you. Yeah. And really just take risks. You know what I mean? And so um, I took that risk and, and, and I worked for Roundies for eight years. So it was it was good. Now that's that's exactly what I'm talking about when we're having the, today's theme of transition and in taking that's what it is really is is taking that risk. And you know, th- that was a risk that paid out really well for you. Because uh, you know, I, I know your time around these uh you know, you were able to, just like at, at uh, TMJ4, you were able to uh, share your employer's story uh, more than just being, you know, one of the area's largest uh, grocers, but the things that they were doing that to really uh, improve the quality of, of life for its customers and neighbors. Right. The, the best part about that was mm-hmm. the fact that, and, and this is, you know, this is something that you know, Jackie, like what we learn in our sorority, Delta Sigma Theta, and the things, the, the opportunities that we get to lead in Delta Sigma Theta really help to prepare you for things even in your career. And Agreed. so mm-hmm. that's one thing that, um, that really impressed Bob because he said, hey, tell me about this. Delta Memorial Endowment Fund. And, you know, uh, aside from being president of the chapter, at one point I was president of our Delta Memorial Endowment Fund. And I was telling him that um, that was the, our, the nonprofit arm. Um, mm-hmm. It was a separate entity that really looked at foundational things and, 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 and providing the community with, with, with money and, and opportunities. And so he said, I need somebody to help guide our foundation and to, you know, really work with giving out the, the things that we want to do. So they, the, the main things, uh, the focus, I should say, the foci were uh, domestic violence and then and food insecurity and, and then literacy. And so we gave out money in those three areas. And mm-hmm. that was something that I hadn't really um, done to such an extent um, so it, it was, we were able to give away um, thousands of pounds of food um, and, you know, probably even more than that and, and, and money to literacy programs. And then, we, you know, that's when I was able to uh, serve on the board of the Sojourner Family Peace Center. And, and it, it was really, it was really a good experience for me. And, and it really spoke to my mission oriented part of my personality because uh-huh. I, people, you know, people have given to me. And so I have been groomed to give back to other people. And so community is very important to me. Exactly. I, I, um, I'm in the same way. I, I tend to, uh, gravitate towards, uh, roles 
that have some aspect of uh, not, 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 not just giving back to the community, but more so of being of of aid, of being that liaison, yeah. uh, using you know your my, my skills or our skills to 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 address a, a, an issue and, and come up with a resolution. A resolution. That's that's how I see. Yeah, you know, that that's what we yep, Deltas absolutely. do. <laughs> that, well, I mean, it's the truth. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. And and I, I imagine that um, the experience you gained with Roundies it, it caught the eye of your your uh, next employer, who at the time was called um, Aurora Healthcare. I believe they have changed their name since then. Um, yeah, yeah and, and and so that allowed you to make that transition into philanthropy. Absolutely. And so the the funny thing was, I at the end of you know towards the probably in about my seventh year at Roundies, I said, okay, Vivian, you know it's it's time to finally leave. Right. So ah. I started putting some feelers out and and, you know, trying to figure out what where I wanted to go next and what I wanted to do. And I get this email from a local search firm that said they were net, they wanted to talk with me or find out from me if I had someone in my network who might be interested in this job at Aurora Healthcare. So I'm looking at that email and thinking, okay, uh, number one, I don't know anything about healthcare except for when I go to my own doctor (laughs) and and I'm not even really that sick all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, and, and plus it's Aurora Healthcare and, um, it, that's in Milwaukee and I'm leaving Milwaukee. So, I'm, I'm not interested in this, so let me click on the job description and see who I can recommend. So I started reading the job description, and at the time I was the director of uh, public affairs and, and uh, community, I think my, job, my title changed at some point, but I was the director at, um, at um, Roundy. And so this was a VP position of community relations. I started reading the job description and checking off, like, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I could do all of the things. Uh-huh. And plus, it was a VP position, and I was like, I wrote back, actually, I'm interested in this position. And so I started going through the process. The search firm liked me and put my name forth as one of the people that um, that they wanted to interview and and the rest was history. Ah. <laughs> so here I was, staying in Milwaukee <laughs> after my my vow to be there for three, be here for three years, and I was off to Aurora. Well, but it was a great time. It was it was fun. It was a new challenge. Well, yeah, yeah. Like 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 you said earlier in our conversation, uh, that you now that that God places us where. He wants us or needs us to be, and yes. he placed you there, and he and, and he, that was a good thing. That's a very good thing. As a matter of fact, uh, as part of that good thing, um, uh, it kind of 
I don't want to say inspired, but it was a key part of your book when the words suddenly stopped. And I'm going to pause right here. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the conversation we're having here today with our guest, Vivian L. King. To hear more of our conversation or part two, you can hear it right now on whatever streaming channel you're using. Be sure to look for Red Hen Moves. Mm-hmm.